Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All groups of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning, good morning out there, listeners, and that's right, it's Asia Pacific Currents, and you're listening, and brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links, and my name is Pierre Morrow, and uh, thanks to Solidarity Breakfast for another very interesting program full of news and analysis. And, um, and of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you every week by um Australia Asia Worker Links, and you can get in contact uh, with us on nine double six three seven two double seven, or through our website www.aaawl. Sorry, I'll start again. Uh, all the W's um, aawl.org.au, and of course we've got a um, Facebook and a Twitter account, and most of the stories and news that you will hear on today's program, you will be you'll be able to catch up on the website on on our Facebook on the next few days. And um, on today's program, it's one of the um, the 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 beauties uh, of uh, live radio is you um um line up an interview and at the last moment that falls through so there's no interview for today but i can tell you what uh, some of the stories are going to be coming up for the next um few weeks um we'll be having update on um uh, trade unions in uh, sri lanka especially around the um sri lanka trade free zones the um um what's happening in 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 Thailand, and also about update on the Hutchinson dispute and the uh, the global ramification of um, fighting a global company uh, like Hutchinson um, for the maritime workers up in Sydney and Brisbane. And um, and as people would know if they read the, what we've put up on our website, there's actually, um, of course, Hutchinson was um, was uh, involved in a huge dispute three years ago in Hong Kong, and it's currently um, doing some. Attempting to bust a union in the port in Jakarta, so certainly got a company that's got form. But um, on today's program, we'll be hearing news, um, follow up, and a bit more analysis about the huge explosions uh, and the massive uh, death toll in Tianjin. Um, there's a demonstration coming up. Uh, this Tuesday around um, workers in uh, Sri Lanka here in um, in Melbourne in Richmond I'll give more details then there's another uh, counter rally to um, fascist organizing in Bendigo that's next um, next uh, Saturday the 29th then we'll, we'll also um, talk about um, migrants uh, the migrant trade union in um, in South Korea the upcoming uh, new uh, democracy rallies in Malaysia and um, also and also about upcoming uh, nationwide strike in India. And um, so we'll just go straight to um, the first um, item, which will let's have the action item of the um, of the demonstration coming up this Tuesday. Now, the background to this is that um, 
Around uh, two years ago, close to a thousand workers employed by the Australian company Ansel, based the company that uh, is um, famous for condoms and gloves. Um, at the, so these workers are employed by Ansel at the Biyagama Export Promotion Zone uh, in Sri Lanka. They went on strike in uh, late uh, 2013 in October for the right to form their own union. So they actually had formed their own union and they wanted a company. Uh, to recognise it legally, and of course the government has to register as well. Now the strike um, ended without the union being formed, but the the workers are still fighting to establish their own union because um, obviously uh, union uh, gives power to workers. Now uh, some union representatives actually attempted to come to Australia in 2004, a delegation of three of them, where they wanted to... um, um, build international solidarity, obviously given that Ansel's got its headquarters here in Richmond, in Melbourne. But um, in 2014, these uh, three representatives were denied a visa. Uh, this time, um, as we speak, Anton Marcus, who is the General Secretary of the Free Trade Zones and General Services Employees Union, um, he is is here. He's managed to get a visa and is here, and uh, he's come to um, talk about the um, the 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 fight at the Ansel factory in Sri Lanka, and he's been brought here by the uh, textile footwear union. and um, And so um, there is a um, solidarity rally happening this Tuesday. So um, the rally is called Stop Ansel's Uni- Union Busting. It's on Tuesday at twelve p.m outside the headquarters of Ansel, which are 678 Victoria Street, Richmond. And just to give you a bit of a picture, that's actually right next to the Yarra, so where the Victoria Street, basically Richmond, stops and goes to the next suburb over the Yarra River. So that's um, this Tuesday, 25th um, of August at 12pm at, at 678 Richmond Street, um, sorry, 678 Victoria Street, Richmond. And of course, um, against a global company like Ansel that has facilities in 35 countries, um, the most powerful uh, action uh, would be if uh, Ansel workers in all these countries or you know, as many countries as possible could actually take coordinated industrial action together. Hey, this is Nick from Pinar. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. Now, as, as most listeners would would know, there has been a um, a massive uh, industrial accident about ten days ago in uh, Tianjin in uh, northeast um, China, where the latest estimates have um, have put the death toll to around um, 
114. Now, um, usually people, um, these, ex, well, these uh, industrial uh, um, disasters are usually called accidents, but in reality, they're almost never accidents. There's always reasons um, why these, these happen and why people die. And really, it was, uh, it was workers that, that died there. Now, I've just come across, before I actually speak about the, some of the background to the to the um, to the blast and and some of uh, the ramifications of it for the the, the workers around the local residents is that um, a good half of the of the people who died over fifty were actually firefighters and um, what has um, come out is that um, firefighters in um, in Tianjin were basically quite quite young and um, it seems that um, what is uh, basically the firefighters don't really have uh, a, a union in in China and these firefighters were organized predominantly within enterprises and public institutions so um, they were the firefighters that went to fight the original fire were actually just um, uh, contracted to the Tianjin port Group, and so what this means is that often firefighters are young, uh, understaffed, poorly trained, and poorly paid uh, compared to other workers. And um, and um, and what has come out, as I said, that these were short-term contract, the majority of them. So they weren't actually full-time professional, long-term. Uh, um, um, firefighters. Also, it's uh, come out that the proportion of firefighters in in China is actually very low, about three times um, um, less than comparable countries in um, to to China. The um, the the firefighters. I'm just um, reading here. The because it's a contract system, and because they were really on a two-year contract system, there's very little opportunity for promotion to higher pay positions, and typically only serve for two-year terms on the jobs. So what this then leads to is that um, the training, because uh, firefighters come and go, the training is very much military-style training, and um, there's a a very little upgrading of the skills in terms of um, knowledge and in terms of complicated firefighting. There is also a high dropout rate, um, and... um, and it seems that uh, to stop the this dropout rate during the training, local authorities now don't allow people once they've started to actually drop out. So that's very interesting. And um, so, and what it's also come out is the uh, average age, as I said, was about twenty. Now it seems that um, on the day of the fire, one of the uh, firefighters who was just eighteen was actually having a conversation on his phone with his father and said, oh, "I've got to go. I'll keep talking to you, but we've just been um, called to a small fire, a warehouse in, um, in in the port." So, in other words, that they weren't actually really given any indication that they were going to a warehouse that was full of toxic chemicals or even uh, that they had an indication of what was going to wait for them. Unfortunately, the um, this... Um 
um, this firefighter, this 18-year-old firefighter, was a member of the um, Fire Team 5, uh, as they were called. There were 25 members of them. They all went, they were first responders to the fire, and unfortunately, none of them made it out from the explosion. So a terrible tragedy, but again, it wasn't an accident. You can actually see that um, the way they were employed, the organization, the training they were not given, all contributed to the death. So in other words, the death of all these firefighters was not an accident, What is actually culpable negligent, if not um, culpable homicide, due to the um, to their untraining and to exposing them to the to the fire without any kind of of training or uh, backup. And it's interesting then, two days after the explosion and the fire, um, the Chinese authorities actually brought in special units from the military. Now, just to keep going, I'll just um, keep going a bit more with this um, warehouse issue because it's very interesting what has now come out. And and this is similar to other um, big explosion fires, you know, whether it's the Kentex in the Philippines, whether there's been fires in in Pakistan or Bangladesh, um, that um, all these places often get um, ticks for safety. They pass the safety review. And this uh, warehouse that, um, handle dangerous goods um, actually just got a uh, a complete pass for the safety review just last year now of course um, what's also come out of uh, interest in this um, um, in this um, factory is actually the um, the the people who own it. There seems to be shelf company who are owning the, this um, warehouse uh, uh, in the port of Tianjin. So it's actually going to be difficult to actually know who the real owners are. Now, the um, from uh, after this this fire and this explosion. Um, because now they've sent um, technicians and, and proper equipment and proper trained people there, have um, worked out that the uh, levels of cyanide around the uh, evacuated area are over 350 times uh, the national safe levels. The um, they, they are still um, trying to work out how much uh, toxicity there is. There is actually real fear that... Um, the uh, contamination has gone into the um, underground water and has gone into the port. And, and um, now there has been uh, reports of mass deaths of fish and also there was a rainstorm a couple of days after the, the fire and there was actually foaming rain coming down and no one really knows what all that's about. But obviously there's a lot of contamination around. And there is um, a growing protest by local residents, often uh, um, workers who lived around lived around the, the port, who a lot of their, as people would have seen, a lot of the flats have been totally destroyed, and now they're demanding uh, full compensation by the government and to be paid to relocate to somewhere else um, that is safer. So this story certainly hasn't finished. It just, uh, while the... Um, 
the, ex- the fire and the explosion was an event that happened uh, 10 days ago. The aftermath is continuing. There are still people who are m- missing. There are still hundreds uh, injured. And now the issue of who's going to clean up the site, who's responsible for this, um, are, are really still um, to be um, all played out. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to Fill in the Dots, you know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, Fill in the 3CR Community Radio. You got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 855am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by... By Neil Mitchell. It's uh, just on uh, 17 past uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, Rob Quantox always has a way with words. But just to um, get to local news again, um, next um, Saturday there's going to be another counter-rally against um, fascists here in Victoria. Now, as um, listeners would know, this year we have seen a concerted effort by racist and fascist forces in Australia to use the war on terror and hysteria around Islam to grow and build a fascist movement. Each time they have rallied uh, in Australia, major counter-rallies by groups of anti-fascists have confronted them all around um, Australia, whether it was the uh, 4th of April or whether it was the weekend of the 18th or the 19th of, uh, of July. Now, in, um, here in Victoria, this uh, movement has actually um, spawned a particularly militant group called the United Patriots Front whose uh, stated aim is now also to defeat the left and all its associated organisations. And they, as uh, listeners would remember, had a, another rally, I can't quite remember, at the Richmond Town Hall in um, late May or, or mid-June, I think it was late May, where again we confronted them. Um, the United Patriots Front have um, um, are now really trying to regroup and um, given they're having so much trouble here in, in Melbourne because we're countering them so well, they have now called for a new rally in the regional town of Bendigo to protest the building of a mosque. The um, counter-rally has been organised for Saturday 29th of August by a number of um, of groups and um, the counter rally will be at half past um, one o'clock at Bendigo Town Hall, which is uh, one eighty nine one ninety three Hargreaves Street, Bendigo. And if you want more um, details, uh, there's two major web um, Facebook sites that you can go to. You can either go to Campaign Against Racism and Fascism, or you can go to No Room for Racism, and um, you'll both you'll you'll get uh, basically the same type of information uh, regarding these counter-protests um, in Bendigo. So that'll be for this Saturday, the 29th of August, so in a week at um, half past one at the Bendigo Town Hall. So um, we'll see you there. The um, Now, if we just go to another regional uh, news item, and um, 
few weeks ago, we brought you uh, the story about the migrant trade union that had finally, after 10 years of struggle, had won legal recognition by the Supreme Court. We then said that, unfortunately, the government then immediately put in bureaucratic uh, legalistic hurdles and would not want, would, did not want to register the, the, the union. So the migrant trade uh, union then started a campaign uh, of, uh, of an indefinite sit-in and demonstrations, petitions um, to the Labour minister, ministry. Now I can um, happily say, uh, report, that after over three weeks of fighting, the Ministry of Labor in South Korea has agreed to register the migrant trade union. I mean, this is a, a great uh, victory. And the, and the interesting um, thing really, uh, and the parallels with Australia is that um, South Korea until really um, less than 20 years ago didn't really have any migrant Workers. Um, it was actually a country that exported migrant workers, but with the um, economic crisis uh, of 1987 and the down economic downturn, there were a lot of um, small enterprises that looked for cheaper uh, workforce, and so they started to bring in undocumented um, um, labour, and um, and so the. Um, Slowly, the number of um, of um, migrant workers in in Korea um, increased, and but often they were undocumented, or often there was um, very little legal um, comeback for them if they had issues at at work. I won't go through the 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 very long fight. If you go on our website in a couple of of days, we'll put this story up, which is. Uh, a, a very inspiring story how these uh, uh, migrant workers fought. And you have to remember in these 10 years that they developed the mar- they formed the Migrant Trade Union, three of the uh, presidents uh, were actually deported and one who had to leave the, um, the country for family reasons was never actually allowed back in. So they've had terrible repression, but the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions has been totally supportive of them. And um, I think there are real parallels to what's happening here in, uh, in Australia. And I think uh, the, you know, the overall the trade union movement could look at what's happening in um, in uh, South Korea and actually um, um, help to organise these because obviously the the employers, the governments want to use migrant workers. They're often a very vulnerable part of um, of our class of of, uh, of workers to actually make them work longer for less pay and um, overall use them as a battering ram to actually lower all our wages and conditions. Obviously, migrant workers don't want to lower conditions. They actually want to um, increase conditions for everyone. It's just a question that a lot of time because of the visa system, they're very vulnerable. And I think this is what we have to work on is to make these group of workers uh, safe in these countries, um, permanent uh, um, residents, permanent workers, so that together we can actually all work towards um, uh, increasing our wages and conditions. Do you have a community event or campaign you'd like to announce on radio? 
Maybe your group would like to take a tour of 3CR and find out how community radio works. Are you in a band and would like to record a demo? Or maybe there are people in your workplace or activist organisation who would like to undergo media skills training. 3CR is a resource for the community and offers community announcements, station tours, studio hire and media skills workshops at affordable prices. For more information, contact 3CR on 9419 or go to our website www.3cr.org.au. Just on 24 past 9 o'clock and time certainly goes fast and I've uh, really worked out that I've um, running out of, of, of time uh, really so I'll just make a couple of, uh, actually I'll try and get to three um, items. Um, one is that um, in India all the major trade unions of the, the 11 major uh, national trade unions have called for a general strike on the 2nd of September. And they, these are, are very much um, against the, the government, the new government, amending um, labour laws to empower them employers and to increase their rights to hire and fire and stripping the workers and trade unions of their rights and benefits, um, including, or in addition, uh, also um, undertaking a huge program of privatisation. So it really sounds like um, you could apply this to um, to Australia as well, to the industrial land- landscape. But it's fantastic to see all these uh, unions that often have quite different histories coming together. So it's on the um, 2nd of, uh, of September. This general strike will uh, probably announce it again next, uh, next week. And um, in the last couple of years, um, the strike... These general strikes in India, if they have been well attended, they've actually been the biggest strikes in the world history. With um, There's been a couple uh, where the participation has been between 50 and 100 million workers. That's right, you heard it, between 50 to 100 million workers. So whenever people say, oh, no, the working class is dead, or there's no, there's no workers around, just think, the greatest, biggest strike in the world history has actually happened in the last few years in India, and this strike might also be up there in terms of uh, of, uh, of of numbers. So all the best to our brothers and sisters in India, and keep fighting. Also, um, we go to. Um to Malaysia, where the Bursi movement, the democratic uh, movement, has called for another round of uh, of rallies on for the weekend of the 29 and 30. This is Bursi four because they've had three again, and their um, their slogans are clean elections, clean government, uh, save our economy, and and right to dissent. And right now in Malaysia, there's there's huge, the whole issue of corruption has really come up again. And um, people are expecting a big turnout for these um, rallies. Um, although the, the police um, and the Ministry for Interior has already um, put out statements how this is going to be illegal, people shouldn't uh, demonstrate, etc., etc., etc. So um, all our support goes to the um, to our comrades in um, in Malaysia. Also, just um, one more item, just to finish up, just to say that we brought you information about the massive demonstrations in Iraq against the government, all very secular, anti-sectarianism, and very much working class um, 
demonstrations over the last um, couple of weeks. We've just had um, news that these are still continuing. So this is a, a very, very uh, uh, exciting development in Iraq to see that even after years of, of war, of devastation, of reactionary, of sectarianism, of massacres, working class communities are still being organized and they are still um, calling for for justice, for peace, for equality. So to our brothers and sisters in, uh, in Iraq, all the very best. And just to finish up, just um, don't forget the, um, the rally on uh, this Tuesday um, at um, 6, um, sorry, at 678 Victoria Street, Richmond, uh, 12 o'clock Tuesday, August 25th, um, a solidarity rally for our brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka against Ansel at the headquarters of Ansel um, to fight to and to join in a fight for the right to join an independent union in Sri Lanka. So we'll see you all, all there. And don't forget, of course, the... Um, the rally in Bendigo, um, uh, the Bendigo um, Town Hall, this Saturday at half past one against the fascists of the UPF. That's really all I've got for for now. My name is Pierre Morrow. We'll be back with another program of Asia Pacific Currents next week. APC is brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links. You're listening to 3CR Radio. Stay tuned for the Palestine Remembered program. Hey, this is Nick from Pinar. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.